Kathy, we can't be there. We'll be watching on YouTube. We, we're out of town. We'll be watching on YouTube. I just love the response we're getting from the gospel that we're preaching. And what I've been focusing on, I'm ready, I'm ready to go, guys, if y'all ready. I'm already going, okay? Uh, you know, there's three different kinds of faith. There's faithfulness, where we're faithful, you know, in relationships and faithful to God, dependable. Then there's the faith. It's the it's the true doctrine of the Bible that we must know and believe in order to, to receive a well done. And then, of course, there is that faith that sees and believes things that can't be seen. And they speak, it speaks of things that be not. Really, you know, we, I've spent the last how many years? 15 years, 12 years, something like that, on trying to restore the gospel that was hijacked during Constantine time that the apostles, the prophets, and the Lord himself preached and so man we spend a lot of time on that and we've got all that in the can where we can help people understand those things the foundational principles and and biblical doctrine but I thought it was necessary for us to go back to the second bottle of the foundational principles you know faith toward I mean uh, repentance from dead works faith toward God doctrine of baptisms laying on of hands resurrection from the dead eternal judgments but the Bible says that we, he told the Hebrews, you, you should be mature. You, you should be teaching these things, but yet, and you should be, they should be eating meat, but I have to give you this milk again. And you know, milk does a body good. I don't know if that's in the Bible or not, but I've heard it somewhere, probably on, in the Bible or, or on TV. And so we know that milk and it's good to go back and learn, but we have to go on to perfection. Perfection in the Bible is the word uh, we, not weos, but teleos, or pater. It's, it's the completion and the full intent of the purpose. It's maturity. It's, it's not just the seed or the blade, but it's the full stalk. And so before we can go on to perfection and maturity spiritually, and you know, we, we, the basics that we taught were napios, pation, technon, weos, pater. Those are five developmental stages with two more in the middle. Those are all Greek terms that the Bible teach us how we mature unto, and get into the full measure of the statue of Christ, which can only take place in this house because it's the ecclesia, the apostles and prophets. And all these, uh, Ephesians 4 says, that it causes us to mature us to the place that we come into the full measure of the stature of Christ. And we need each other to fulfill that. That's why house number three, Ecclesia, is so important. So, but I wanted to revisit some milk today. Because there's, these are things that I taught years and years ago. And a lot of people haven't heard, heard these things, which they maybe they have. But I want to remind us again. And uh, what I want to do again today, I want to feed you today. You know, when... When I cook a good meal and prepare a good meal, I want people to show up. And one of the things that, you know, we have people that can, uh, I'm kind of like that, what do they call it? Well, they bring it to your house now. So Uber Meals has it. They call it some other service where you can call a restaurant and they bring it to your house. Well, we're not going to be a church like that, I promise you, because you cannot mature and you, because you need the body of maturing. I, mean, I just got off of that this, this year of how important it is to be in church. Recently, I heard a guy tell something that I thought was a great analogy. You know, their children was into, uh, their daughters were into uh, touring softball. And the guy said, hey, you know, we, we're into touring softball. And, 
And we have to be gone all the time with our kids. But we watch it on, we watch it on YouTube. You know, we watch the service that's being broadcast. And so my friend, I think it was my friend that told him this. He said, well, I'll tell you what. Why don't you do this? Why don't you, you come to church live and do the bas- baseball, softball tournaments on YouTube? I said, well, what do you mean? How can you do that? He said, exactly. So I'm going to feed you today. I've been preparing this. It's going to be better than one of my Boston butts. Hopefully it's going to be better than your barbecue. And even though it seems to be old, it's not. It's fresh for us. It's a word that Yahweh is speaking to us so we can begin to fine-tune ourselves and not forget those things that cause us to be overcomers now. We know what it takes to be an overcomer then and get our well done then. We, well, I spent years on that. I want to revisit some things so it can help you in your everyday life to have victory in the circumstances. And uh, the beautiful thing is that what I'm doing, i got to admit, I stole the information from the Bible it's something I just came up with in my brain. And so the words that I am relaying from the Bible, the word, inspired Word of God, I am giving to you. And the Bible says that what I'm speaking today are light and their life. I said they're light and their life. How many of you want some of that? I want you to take heed to your spirit this morning for what the Spirit of God is saying to you, the Spirit Word. One of the things that I wanted you to understand about faith And I've heard, you know, I started studying faith back in uh, 77, maybe. You know, the faith movement came through. And those are things that, you know, I I learned a lot and under several men who, but this is what I learned a long time ago, that I have faith. And this is what I taught you a few weeks ago, and I want to remind you of this today. I have it. Every man has been given the measure of faith. We're not trying here today to get faith. We're not praying for faith. We're not going to come up here and I pray that you give me faith. We're not doing that. What we're doing is we're realizing that we have faith and we want to learn how to develop that faith because a lot of what's happening in our lives are, is self-inflicted by complacency and ignorance, not knowing how to operate with the sword of the Spirit and the shield of faith. And there's no way... You can understand how God operates without understanding language and speaking and words. I ain't going to lie to you. You're not going to have a hard time believing this. But I used to always get in trouble for talking too much. Miss Jackson in the fifth grade made me write on the chalkboard. That's a thing. Chalkboard is a thing that used to be on the board. And you have pieces of white chalk. Chalk is this chalky substance, you know. Silence is bliss a hundred times in the fifth grade. Silence is bliss. I got in trouble talking too much. I probably still do. But I learned this, that that weakness that I had of talking too much was also a strength. Because your strength and your weakness is usually the same attribute, but one is misused. So I learned that how my, my mouth got me into a lot of troubles and a lot of situations and, and I'd have to use my mouth to talk myself out of, I also learned that I can talk myself into situations and I could use that power of the spoken word to bring what Yahshua has paid for for me into my life and into this realm of my world. My dad used to tell me that he thinks I was vaccinated. 
I thought it was interesting, you know, all the, all the vaccination stuff. But I was vaccinated with a phonograph needle. A phonograph is this box, and it had a round disc on it, and you put this needle thing on it. I know it's hard to describe. And he would often tell me this, son, don't let your mouth overload your butt. This is a butt. Words, words, words. I want to talk about words, and, and I know this is milk, and if it's not enough for you, we're going to be serving Oreos afterwards to help you. There, I want to talk about these things. There are millions and millions of words in the world. I read them in the newspaper and books and thousands of other, other places everywhere I go, where I go. There are words, and these words will impact our life. They're just words. That's the thing. It has power to hurt people. You can walk into a room where there's been an argument, negative words, and it charges the atmosphere with negativity, so to speak. Or, or you can get around somebody and their words will make you feel better. There's power in these words. But, and I know there's a, there's a positive thinking, negative thinking, natural law that exists. But then there are these words that are written in the Bible. There's thousands of them there in this little miracle book. Some of them look just like all the other words in the world. They're spelled the same, but i got to tell you this morning, you need to wake up to the fact those words are different. God-breathed, God-inspired, Spirit-filled, life-giving. Yeshua said, and I was quoting him earlier this morning in John 6, 63, the words I speak unto you, they are spirit and their life. Whisper those words in my ear. Declare them in my face. Proverbs 4.22 says, His words are life unto those who find them. He says in Hebrews 4.12, The word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. The Bible says that this, these words in that book or that iPad or whatever... It's like now you say, man, I stand on the Word of God. Well, you'll break it if you do now. I'll tell you right now. Can I tell you something? I'm going to use a lot of Scripture today because they are life. It's quick. It's powerful. And it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It's God-breathed. These words, when you open that Bible, it may even be confusing if you've got a hither and a thither or the King James and stuff, you know. I like the King James because it still translates from the Hebrew, and you can go right to the word in Hebrew and find out if it's really what it means or somebody fudged on us. God's Word. God breathed life into those words. And when we take those God-breathed words and confess them, miracles will come to pass for us. Do you know... The way of the kingdom of God is words. That the very, everything that God had ever done, He's done it by His word, and that the word is God. In the beginning wasn't Yahshua, in the beginning was the Logos, the spoken the word of God. And it was God. He raised that word above even His name. Everything He created was by the word of His power. He created by not saying abracadabra, bippity-boppity-boop, or icky, or icky, whatever. But what He did is He spoke, and He said, let there be. And by Him speaking, it was. By speaking words, you're here today. And the heavens exist. When God spoke words and when He speaks words, they're powerful. 
And when His words are confessed and spoken and professed by our mouths, they are also powerful. And I think that's a lot of our problem today. i got to tell you this, and I can respect so much people being careful about COVID. I'm telling you, but if there was an Internet today and media today, people wouldn't even know there was a COVID, so to speak. You know what I mean? They would think it would be the flu or something like that. I'm not demeaning it, please. I know people, I want to say this. I hope to God, and I hope everybody's listening to me closely, that vax or not vax does not cause a division in the body of Christ or any strife whatsoever. You know, that's like Republican and Democrat to me. Come on. We have got to, what we agree on and what we have unity about isn't that or that. Do it, whatever you want to. You want to eat fried chicken, you want to eat baked chicken. I don't care. But we have to be careful. I'm saying to you today, there's a principle that I had learned years ago in Hosea 14 too. It says, take with you words and turn to Yahweh. I'm like, what? Take with you words. I have learned that what I do to, with my relationship with God is I take words with me and I go, just like I do in every other relationship in my life. And most of those words are pre-thought. Now, being married, you know, my wife would say, well, no, you didn't think about anything when you said that. But the fact is, we have this scenario. I already know what I'm going to say today if I get pulled over for speeding. I got the scenario. I know what I'm going to say when that police officer walks up to me. Roll, I roll my window down, and he pulls his pad out. I'm going to say, two cheeseburgers or a fry and a large Coke. What shall, and what do you take with you when you go to God with a miracle need? When you need healing, when you need provision, when you need your children's life turned around, what is it that he wants to see you bringing to him? I believe he wants you to bring words. I think he wants you to bring his words to him. He wants you to bring his promises to him. And I believe he wants us to confess those things before him. I love Isaiah 43, 26, another rule that I've lived by for many years. Put me in remembrance. I mean, the older I get, the more I tell people that now. Now, I, what, you know what you said about so? No, remind me. I remember when uh, Robert and Alexis got married. You know, they said the, the wedding date's going to be this, this date here. And I said, well, it could... On a Saturday, I said, well, I need you to do me a favor. He said, what? Call me Friday and remind me. And he was a good little secretary. And, and he's cute. He said, put me in remembrance. I learned a long time ago that what you do is you take those promises, you take those words that what God says is true, and you take them to Yahweh, and you remind him about what he said. Proverbs 6, 2 says, look, you are snared with the words of your mouth. Matthew 12, 37 says that by your words you're going to be justified and by your words you'll be condemned. I think that we need to learn how to keep our mouths shut and we need to learn how to open them with God's words. And maybe the problems that most of us have is because we just don't know how to talk right. I was going to title this, Me and My Big Mouth. So simple, but yet it's difficult seemingly. We watch these things, everything on the internet and stuff like that. And most of the time, most people are negative now. You notice it? They're negative about that. They're negative about that. I don't agree with that. And they become political experts. And they become medical experts by stuff that's on the internet that you don't even know if it's true or not. As a matter of fact, I found this out about 
my, my, you know, about things about what's going on in the world today, politically and medically. They really don't know. Nobody wants to just say, I don't know. Proverbs 18, 21 says, death and life are in the power of your tongue. I think our words are pretty important just from those few verses I've just read. But what I want us to do is learn and know the words of God. I found this out, that most people who are going through a crisis don't even know what God says about that crisis. They know what Joe Biden did or didn't do or what Trump's doing or, or the latest this and that or whatever. But they don't have any clue what the Bible has promised you that's in your policy that you can cash in on and how to make it come into the realm of your life. We sing this song today, you know, just for this reason. Of course, I, I like having Danny here and David here and Gabriel here. I like to have the whole band up here. But I think we did pretty good. What do you think, Joey? I did, anyhow. I did real good. The rest of y'all were kind of hanging on, but... In the book of Joel, chapter 3, verse 10, I want you to look at a concept and a perception of how spiritual, heavenly-minded, God-like, begotten of God people do things. Joel 3.10 says, let the weak say, I'm strong. Now, wait a minute. You're the weak, and you're saying I'm strong. I want you to notice something here. He said, let the weak do what? Help me out. Say what? Did you notice he didn't say, let the weak pray? He said, let the weak say. And most people I know are at the mercy of God thinking that you want God to stop and do something for you, a miraculous thing in your life, when the fact is there's a possibility that he's already done it. And you need to learn how to receive it. These weak are ever going to get help. They got to change what they're saying. They got to say, I'm strong. I'm not weak. You got to quit saying you're weak if you're ever going to get help. And I'm not talking about, you know, the power of positive thinking. But I'll tell you what, I'll take that over the power of negative thinking any day. Forget God. I'd, I'd rather be around a positive person than a negative person because that, those negative words speak like uh, death to people. People who are in trouble, get, if they're going to get help, they got to change what they're saying. Psalm 27.1 says, Yahweh is the strength of my life. I gave my wife some, some scriptures this week for her to declare. The one, it's the ones that I use, and I, I declare over my life, and I declare it over your life too. The Bible says, with his stripes we are healed. That's Isaiah. Peter said it this way, I am healed. By his stripes, I am healed. I confess that over me. I lay hands on my body while I'm in the shower if there's something happened. You remember the story about that thing on my nose, remember? I curse it every day in the shower. I, okay, so every Saturday in the shower. I'd, play, I'd lay hands on it, and I'd curse it, and I'd command it to go away. It got worse. It got darker and darker. And, you know, people kept trying to wipe it off in the grocery line. And where I was at, and they always brought it to my attention. Johnny, you got this thing. Sir, you got this stuff on your nose. It's, a mechanic would say, it's grease. The lady at Starbucks says, it's mocha. I said, how do, where's the mocha? How do I get mocha? They related it to where they were. The little ladies would reach down in here and say, come here, baby. Let me wipe that off. I didn't want it on there. I go to the doctor. He said, yep, we're going to fix that right now. You're going to have an appointment tomorrow. I do 20 of these a day. I said, what are you going to do? 
Well, we're going to cut right there, and we might just cut a slot up here, a slit, and bring that skin all the way down to here and graft it in. I said, you're only going to have 19 appointments tomorrow. And I cursed it every day. One day while golfing, a, a, one of the cart guys, an older man, came to me and said, hey, I've been to the doctor, and they gave me this cream for cancer, uh, skin cancers. Do you want it? I said, yeah. I put it on there, and in less than two weeks, it was totally gone. I said, thank you, Yahweh, because I don't care how God answers my prayer. I just want it answered. Do you care how it comes as long as it comes? Don't you know that when you're serving God and doing what's right and walking by the Spirit and, and order, your uh, past footsteps are ordered by Him, He's going to run you right into the people who's got what you need. Do you understand that? I mean, it's easy to do. You can just be doop, 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 you know. I believe this. I put my head down and I obey God in every step. And I don't have to look up, but if I obey Him in every step, it will take me to the destiny that God has for me. To be at the right place at the right time. That's who our God is. Surely He's borne my sickness and He's carried my pains and with His stripes I'm healed. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover, Mark 16 says. Now listen. I, I, I know, listen, I know. Johnny, I just don't have the faith for that. No, no, you have the faith for it. You just have undeveloped faith. Until we give up and say, well, I don't guess, I guess that's not going to work for us. I think we should get to that place. A lot of people have presumption. And what they want, they want to start off with something. It's like the guy who I went to the hospital uh, years ago, and this lady was in the hospital. And so she said, look, my neighbor is in the next room. Could you go visit him? I said, what's, yeah. I said, what's wrong with him? Well, they gave him three days to live. His heart is just, I forget what the technical term was. They gave him three days to live. And I'm like, sure, I'll do it. So I walk in there, and I said, Mr. Smith, or whatever his name was, he looked up over a book he was reading, and the name of the book was Eating Your Way to Health. Guys, you can't wait till the last minute to try to get emergency faith. You see what I'm saying? We can develop it, though. We can develop our faith. And I believe there's nothing impossible with God. Either, if you say to the mountain, be thou removed, and it shall not doubt in your heart, that whatsoever you say shall come to pass, it shall, that mountain will move. Well, we ain't there. I said, we ain't there. We ain't walking really in faith in nothing. We walk in hope and fear, usually. Oh, no. I got a headache. It's a brain tumor. I'm going to die. And guess what? We speak those things. You come into the house of God, and the elders lay hands on you. Your confession to be, dadgummit, hands have been laid on me and I'm recovering. Yahweh is my healer. He has taken sickness from the midst of me. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and let's not forget, and, let's, and forget not all his benefits. Y'all got benefits y'all don't even know about. Hey, man, what do you mean? Oh, yeah, this, came, this car, new car came with free gas for a year. You didn't know it? No. Who forgiveth all my iniquities. Oh, that's a big one for me. I said, that's a big one. Who healeth all my diseases. Either this is true or God's a liar and the whole thing, let's just quit and go home. I don't think it's God's problem. I think it's us. I don't think we've developed our faith. I think we are being translated into kingdom people, so to speak. But yet we still live by the rules and the way of the world. I like what he said here. All my iniquities and all my diseases. Say it. 
Why don't somebody just say it? Why don't you find out what the Bible says and start saying it? Hey, he forgave, he forgave all my iniquities and he heals all my diseases. Just say it. And there's no greater way of having faith than when you hear yourself say it. You hear me? Man, what I'm going to do? I got financial problems. Why don't you just say, find out what it says? Listen to this. God is my refuge and my strength, a very present help in trouble. I need some present help. I don't want no future help necessarily. I'm in a bind now. God is with me. God is my helper. God is for me. And if he's for me, who can be against me? Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but Yahweh delivereth, he delivereth him out of them all. Won't you start talking like that? If you don't know what the Bible says, you can't. But cares of life and deceitful as riches and lust of other things have taken that word that should bring life, light and life to us. Healing, forgiveness, joy, peace. And just choked it right out of you. And we're, we're tending to things that cannot save. I know people who are so tormented by fear. I've never seen, I've seen a lot of fear in my life. But man, people are scared of the coronavirus. I'm not saying that you shouldn't be careful. I know people right now who are listening to me who they can't come to church and they feel guilty. We don't feel guilty. You, you, as long as your butt and your, if your butt can't be here and your buck's here and your heart's here, guess what? You're good. But there's a difference between a reason and an excuse. But some people are so afraid. Some people have a right to have a lot of concern with all the preconditions they have. A lot of people say, look, I just don't want to do that. I respect that totally. But then you have people, whether it's COVID or it's the next thing, or it's when they wake up in the morning, or when they, next time it's, you get paid, or whatever. They have fear on them about everything. They are fearful about everything, even in advance. They're, it's like faith. They believe what can't be seen. They have the evidence of what can't be seen, and fear gives them that. It ain't happened yet. It ain't even happened. Why can't you enjoy and wait if it's going to happen? Wait till it happens before you get afraid. It'll never work. I grabbed me. One of the easiest scriptures, the second most popular passage probably in the Bible, and that is the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And it goes on to say in verse 4, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'm not going to fear no evil because you're with me. I don't care what I'm walking through. And remember what Yeshua said, in a world of tribulation, that's a hint. I said he's hinting to you. He's giving you a secret. You're going, to have trouble. You're going to have some crap in this life. You're not going to avoid it. It's going to happen. He said, be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. You can walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Now, I believe that scripture is really talking about what happens when we die. But I believe it also can be used in the sense of when we go through something that's testing and and it wants to scare us. We don't have to fear because Yahweh is with us. But we can't wait till the last minute to think and to think we're going to build up enough faith to believe it. I like Isaiah 41. I fear not, for thou art with me. I'm not dismayed, for thou art my Yahweh. Thou art helping me. Thou art strengthening me. Thou art upholding me with the right hand of thy righteousness. You need to start telling your stuff what God says is available to you. Are you going to walk around miserable the rest of your life? I like Psalm 27. These are just popular scriptures. They used to be. Yahweh is my light and salvation. Whom shall I fear? Yahweh is the strength of my life. Who shall I be afraid? 
when the wicked, even mine enemies and foes, came upon me, they stumbled and fell. 2 Timothy 1.7, here's one. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of what? Power, love, and a sound mind. But you can't just get these scriptures just so you can believe them. Faith is an action word. You begin to speak the Word of God and declare the Word of God. When your internal dialogue tells you that you're afraid, you say, no, I'm not. Anybody talk to yourself? Some of you do it now. I wish you'd hurry up. I don't know what time is it. I wonder what they're having over there. One of my biggest problems is I think out loud. So I'll be solving something, you know. I'm like, man, this guy's stupid. I mean, oh, did somebody hear me too? No, I'll be, you know, I kind of think out loud. And we need to begin to speak. And the Bible tells us that out of the abundance of the heart, your mouth speaks. So we need to put an abundance of faith and God's Word in there. So when we get squeezed, that's what's going to come out. And we're going to hear and hear. It cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word. And again, the greatest thing we can hear is the second time around when we hear ourselves say something. I have the Holy Spirit of power. I have the Spirit of love. I have the Spirit of a sound mind. I think we should be going around saying that to everybody, declaring that. Instead of talking about our fears, talk about what God says. Quit, quit talking about your mountain and start talking to it with the Word of God. Do you know that that's how we become begotten of God? With the heart we believe and with the mouth through confession. It happens. You can believe in here, but if it will never come out of here, because that's what is the seed of the sperma of God. You heard the word of God. It's the word in the Greek for word is sperma. Do I have to go any further with that word? The seed of life is planted in your heart. And then God wants a return of, a, of the word. The word is homologio. We speak the same as. It's like forgiveness. See, I, I forgive in faith because not always am I at a place where my emotions are there. You know, I don't, I don't feel like I forgive him. Well, you, we're not going to live by our feelings. We're going to live by what God says. I forgive you, and I'm going to act like I do until my emotions catch up with my spoken word. And as we speak the word of faith in our daily life, we keep doing it until our physical bodies or our situation catches up to our word which is God's Word. Let the weak say. Let the troubled say. Let the sick say. Let the fearful say. Let those that need a miracle say. What shall needy people say? What shall... This is the biggest question. What are you going to say? What are you saying? What are you saying? I'm going to tell you what I do. I take that Word. I take those promises. And I climb up to Yahweh's throne... And I put him in remembrance of them. Now, not haughtily, but with boldness. Not arrogant, but I approach the throne of grace with boldness because I've been given that opportunity to do it. No, it's okay. Tell me. Ever heard somebody tell you that? No, go ahead. Just tell me. Tell me what it is. And I declare that these things are coming to pass right now. Even though I may not see it right now, I, have, I could continue to declare it that's going to happen right now. And, and you know what? Even if it don't ever happen, that's how I'm going to live my life. Y'all hear what I just said? I said, even if it never comes to pass. Hebrew children, 
Our God is able to deliver us and he will deliver us. But let me tell you something. We're not going to bow down regardless because that's how we're going to live our life. And that's how I chose to live my life, by faith, by the Spirit of God, by the Son of God, by the Spirit Word. I love this scripture. Listen to this. He has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Let me wet my whistle. He has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do to me. I think it's a remarkable scripture. He has said, He has said that we might boldly say. He said this, so I now can boldly say that. What a principle. He didn't give us all these promises just to believe. He gave them to us that we might boldly say them in our uh, confession unto our deliverance. Find those scriptures and find out what God said that he said is available to you in the situation you're in. And then believe it with everything you got. Believe it with all that you have. And then start saying, with boldly saying this promise to yourself and to your friends. Look, people are going to think you're crazy, right? Well, they already think you're crazy. I'm sure they do. And it ain't because you're quoting scripture. They just say, hey, he's a nut. Boldly start saying those things. And cast down all imaginations that exalt itself against the knowledge of God. And what he says. And talk to yourself. Preach to yourself. This is what Yahweh, my father, has said. And guess what? He's not a liar, and I believe it, and I, it's mine now. Somebody said, is that name it, claim it? Probably. I mean, you're not going to go outside to your, you know, 1970, well, that may be a classic now, to your bad, ugly car and start saying, this is, this is a Rolls Royce, this is a Rolls Royce, this is a Rolls Royce. It ain't going to happen. Let me tell you why. Because the Bible didn't say you could do that. <clears throat> but it did say you could do a lot of things. I am healed, I am healed, I'm healed. I'd rather be healed than have a Rolls Royce. My children come to Christ, my children come to Christ, my children come to Christ. I'd rather have that than have a Mercedes. You hang on to it. You declared, I don't care how much pain you're in, trouble you're in, fear you're in, sickness you're in, how much your need is. You say, I'm going to believe the Word of God. And I'm going to say it. If we could act the same way about the Word of God as we do having to admit that we're wrong would be powerful wouldn't it you ever heard to tell somebody okay you're wrong right can you say it just say i'm wrong they can't say it or i'm sorry that's a hard one i'm so hey i said can't say it if we had the same determination and stubbornness about speaking god's word no matter what as we do these other things yahshua is the high priest of what we say, and he will surely see that it becomes a reality in our life. He is the high priest of our confession. Here's a scripture. If it was only true, it would be so great. If this, if this was scripture was only true, Mark eleven twenty three. I've meditated on it for years. Whosoever shall say to this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. I don't believe that. Well, you've just disqualified yourself from the possibility of that ever coming to pass in your negative 
pathetic life. You can just live and defeat the rest of your life. But if you meditate on it and you believe God's word is inspired and you believe those words are different than other words, you know, just internet words or book words, or, but they're inspired words. Think about, we can have whatever we say if we don't doubt in our hearts. You know, maybe I should start off with something a little smaller than a mountain. One of the things that was my goal when I first started teaching this series or whatever you want to call it is that you would have at least enough faith to believe that everything's going to be okay. If I could just help you get to the place that when these things come, you believe that they're going to, everything's going to be okay, that would be a, a great stepping stone. Instead of being scared to death and worrying and staying up at night and having ulcers and anxiety and all that over something that may not ever even happen or may not even be true. It's like the relief when the doctor finally calls you and you've had all these tests and you, weren't, you didn't answer your phone and they don't even leave a voicemail. And they're going to be closed for the weekend. And all weekend, you just know you're dying. And you just wish, and you're cussing those people, those doctors. They should at least have the courtesy to at least tell you you're dying. And then, of course, on Monday, after they hear all the 375 voicemails you've left on their voicemail, they, you call them back as soon as they open. And they said, yeah, we just want to tell you everything's fine. But you know how you've wrecked your body from Friday to Monday? You know the stress you put upon your heart and upon your nervous system and your flesh? It, it, it'll help you get sick. Hello? If you don't think, though, that this is a law that works, and this is what I have people tell me, I don't believe that. <laughs> well, guess what? Let's try it in reverse. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, that, that's what most people are doing in their lives anyhow. Instead of having faith and speaking for things that are positive and not positive, they are positive, but it's God's Word and seeing that come to pass, I can just look at people's lives who are the other way because that's what most people do. They believe they're sick. They believe they're going to get worse. Nothing's going to work out for them. It, God isn't really going to meet their needs. And guess what they do? They tell everybody about it all the time. It's all that comes out of their mouth, that negative junk, that unbelief, that doubt, that darkness side and not light. And they get on the phone with people, and all they do is moan and complain about how bad it is, and it's never going to work and those kind of things. Guess what? It's a catch-22. It is. I have people, I hear them all the time. I'm sick. Won't you say you're healed? I know you're sick, but we're not talking about denying the fact that we have something wrong with us. We know it's wrong. But, you know, it's like having a sickness and I tell somebody, here, take this for it. No. Let's begin to learn how to speak God's word because he said that he paid for us to have healing. He paid for us to be prosperous, to have peace, and give us joy. I hurt. <laughs> I think I'm going to have to go to the hospital. i got to tell you a story. Last week, you know, man, I got this heart thing. Man, they stopped my heart, cut it open. You know, tomorrow will be six weeks. So I go to the golf course and put a little bit and exer get the exercise room there, and I exercise. And I was like, man... Oh, and I have, a, I have a hematoma at one of the incisions, my femoral artery, that they say is going to go away in about four or five months or whatever. I hope so. But I, was, I had an ache, you know, down, in this, down my groin and stuff, and I was like, all of a sudden, I broke out in a sweat. I, 
I just started feeling horrible. So I get in my car, I say, start heading home, and I call my surgeon. I say, look, man, is this thing supposed to feel like this? And he said, has it got any bigger? I said, no. He said, no, you're okay. And you're okay then. I didn't know what it is. I'm like, oh, no, I know what this is, kidney stone. So I get home, I go get a hot tub of water. I don't want to go to the hospital. I confessed it. I declared it. Yahweh, I, you know, I started saying all those things, you know, by his stripes, I'm, ouch! It alleviates it a little bit for a little bit of time. So I get out, I go sit in the family room. My wife comes in, and it starts getting worse and worse. I've had four in my life. Last one was a 12. It wouldn't even pass. I had to go laser it out. I didn't, but the doctors did. I'm, so my, I said, call the doctor. I said, wait a minute, they're closed today. I'm like, oh, man. And so she's listening. She calls the doctor. For this, press one. For this, press two. I'm over there dying. Oh, oh. I mean, if y'all know what it's like, press one, press, press it. Press one, press one. Ah. Never mind, hang up. And instantly, my pain was gone. And I felt that stone drop into my bladder. And I know that because I've had it happen before. It said, ka-plunk, like an Alka-Seltzer. <laughs> I'm like, fizz, drop, drop, fizz, fizz. Oh, what a relief it is. So I was like, man, fine. We went to dinner that night and everything, didn't we? <laughs> Next morning, that thing was about this. No, I'm, I'm exaggerating. Not that big. Anyhow, it don't have to be too big. I got to go to the hospital. Well, when you're in pain, I get it. But I'm talking about learning how to develop our faith that we can get to a place that when our crisis comes, we have faith to overcome it. And we see that the power of God will work by what we say. I guarantee you when Yahweh spoke man into creation and spoke the stars into creation, you know, He is God. It's going to take us a little bit of time to start learning how to believe God for just small things. We want to wait till the doctor gave us, gives us three days to live that we're going to do a cram course on faith and then say, see, it don't work. I think Yahshua used that illustration of a mountain because that's the goal that we have. The fact is, Yahshua never, I read all the Bible, and I never found anywhere where he had to speak to any mountain and it removed. I'm not worried about my mountains right now. I'm worried about my peace and my joy. And these smaller things as we developed. Oh, it's getting worse. I'm not, I don't know what I'm going to do. It happens to me all the time. On and on and on I go. And they believe it and they say it. And guess what? You get whatever you say. That is a biblical principle. You cannot deny the principle. If it works in reverse, I think it works forward too. When we exercise our faith. So begin today. Let's, let's not doubt in our heart. Let's believe in our heart. Let's, but whatsoever we saith we're going to have. Jeremiah 1.12, God watches over His Word to perform. All right, that's part one of the message. I was just warning Chuck. There's three voices that talk to you. Number one is your internal dialogue, and you develop that. People in your life, teachers, people in authority have developed that. You know, when they tell you, hey, you're stupid. Do you, do you know... One of the things that I think saved me and one of the best things my daddy ever did for me is the nickname he gave me, Chomp. That was my nickname, Chomp. 
And I think subconsciously and in my internal dialogue and who I believed, I believed him speaking that over my life, whether he meant to do it for that purpose or not. It made me always competitive, always wanting to win, and always believed in my heart that I could and that I was a champion. Your internal dialogue will never speak good about anybody, not even you. We have to renew that with the scriptures and with the power of what God says. And it comes out in these powerful thundering tones. You're sick. Man, you're in trouble. Listen to this. You're going to die. Ouch. That's a tumor. You don't deserve this. I told you. I've dealt with people and counseled people that had more money. I mean, never. I don't think I've ever known if I had a, mil- a billionaire, but millionaires. And everybody, of course, that's our dream. If I had a million dollars, I'm going to tell you what. They're as screwed up as the rest of us. Most of them worse because they're afraid of what's going to happen. Somebody's going to get their money. Then there's another voice in us. And this is what that voice says. By my, by my stripes you are healed. I bore your sickness. I took your curse. I was made a curse for you. I bore your sins. I'm going to supply your every need. All these symptoms, circumstances, and disease say one thing, and God says something else. But the crux of the matter is, no matter what your internal dialogue is speaking to you, no matter what the Word of God is saying, the most important thing is, what are you going to say? Whose side are you going to take? You going to get over here and confess what life and the world is done to you. My daddy didn't do this. My mama didn't do that. I didn't get this chance. I didn't have that opportunity. I ba 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 ba. Are you going to take a stand by the word of God and confess what God has said about you? It's what changes us from being a sinner to being Christ-like. For the hope that is set before us and who we are. What do you mean? Well, let the weak say. They got to say something. No, no internal dialogue. I'm going to go with God's word. I'm strong. I'm strong. I'm strong. Let the sick say what? I wouldn't even say this if the Bible didn't say it. I'm healed. I'm healed. No, I'm healed. Maybe, maybe your body will start obeying you when you take authority over instead of letting it have its way just in everything that it wants in the flesh. You want your body to obey the word of God and how you speak and take authority over it? When you don't use that authority when it comes to sinful things and disobedient things, let the troubled say, I'm delivered. Let the oppressed say, no, I'm free. Let the poor say, no, I'm rich. Speak of those things that be not as though they were. It's the heavenly kingdom way. Say it on the basis of the great and holy work of Yahshua, the living Son of God, who shed His blood to purchase those things for us. Do you hear me? And dadgummit, if Yahshua suffered and paid for it and purchased it for me, I want it. What he did in his suffering, he was a man of sorrow. He's much acquainted with grief. We know the story. Isn't it wonderful? Well, then why are you trampling his blood by refusing to accept what he did that for and to pay and pay for, for us to have? That's what we're doing. That's okay. I know you did all that for me. I'm not really interested in it anyhow. Well, I know you went to all that trouble, but guess what? I don't want it. I've told the story about the, the woman with the issue of blood and that. I'm going to skip that today and I want to get down to something. I believe that a lot of the problems in our daughters and our husbands and our wives and our children, 
men and women and ourselves is because of what we say. And I do it, and I believe that based on these miraculous words, inspired God-breathed words in the Scriptures. And we're actually saying that we're going to live defeated when we say, I don't believe that. And, and when we say we don't receive that, and when we say we don't yield to that, and when we say, no, we're not going to do that God's way, we're going to do it my way, and we're going to do it this way, and another way that's contrary to what Yahweh says we're supposed to do. Let me tell you what that does. That kind of talk opens the gate to bad things that life and the world will put on you. And I want you to know something right now. Life and the world will put something on you that you wish you'd never got. You flippantly don't cover your children with spiritual covering. You have set them out there as a as bear bait, a, a sheep tied to a post. The world will get your children. You hear me? And you can't stop it. The world will get you. You've opened the gate of bad things. One of the small things that I've tried to get people to do to develop their faith is I've said, okay, because money is the, is the easiest way to develop your faith. I said, look, let's do this. For this year, we're going to pay one weekly tithe extra a month. So if you make $1,000, it's $100 extra a month. Boom. And start developing faith and believing that God says. Because I think if you don't believe God with your money, you're not going to believe God for, with your cancer. Is that a fair statement? Are your children, listen, support what we say. We are a composite of what we've been saying. We possess in our body, in our mind, in our physical being, in our spiritual being, and everything that we are, how we are perception by what we have been saying. We, we're weak, we're defeated, and we need to check ourselves, and that's what we're trying to do right now. We want to get things back on track that we start living by faith and walking in the Spirit in this house. Somebody say, let's do it. We're the product of what we've been saying because we receive what we hear us say. Because we've already received it. It's like faith. If you want to change your life, if you're tired of being defeated, of being negative and scared and you know, God, being afraid, I want to tell you, we can change our lives. We have to change our confession first. The miracle is in our mouths. This word of faith, the Bible says, even to be saved. But i got to tell you right now, I can't help you. And it's frustrating to me, but I'm going to tell you this. God can't even help you. If you persist in continuing to confess the way you always have, if you don't change the way that you speak, ain't nobody can help you. Confess it out for what we believe. All right. Part three. There's only seven more parts. I thought I'd do a little 10-point sermon this morning. That was a nervous laugh. Let me tell you what I do, and I think it'll help you. I confess things every morning. First thing I do when I get up, I start, to, I start confessing it. Listen, you've got to change your routine. You hear me? That old routine, man, that stuff's stale. That stuff is stale. It's weak. You've got to change your routine. And you know what? Your flesh ain't going to like it. And that doubt that you have built up in that heart of yours, all that doubt is going to resist it. But you're going to have to overtake that. So here's Dr. Johnny's prescription. An old preacher years ago said this, and I love the statement. He says, here's the prescription to be, over the Word of God, he was talking about, to be spoken by mouth three times a day until faith comes, then once a day to maintain faith. If the circumstances grow worse, double the dosage. There are no harmful side effects. 
things like Romans 10, 8, and 9. I remind myself that the word is nigh in my mouth and my heart, that word of faith. And that if I'll confess with my mouth and believe in my heart, I can be saved. You see the process. It's a kingdom principle. You believe in your heart, you confess with your mouth, then it happens. And there's no other way you're going to ever get anything from God or what God has provided for you already without using this principle. Now, I'm, I'm, don't, don't get me wrong. I think God can do a miracle by His sovereign will. He can do that for anybody because He just wants to. I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that Yahshua was raised from the dead. I'm a new creation. Old things have passed away. Oh, everything's new. I am in Christ and Christ is in me. I, start, I tell myself this stuff. You bad to the bone, Johnny. You have the risen, the spirit that raised Christ from the dead in you. Because sometimes I get up and sometimes I hear stuff and sometimes I'm, I'm just in a mood to where I don't, I'm not really, that's not really alive in my heart and mind. I'm a new creation. Don't forget, Johnny, he, all those things that passed, he forgave you of. And as you homologio, as you speak the same, which is the word, confess my sins now, he's faithful and just forgive me. But you can't get right with God without speaking. Y'all hear me? I said, y'all hear me? I've been delivered out of the power of darkness. I've been translated into the kingdom of His dear Son. Colossians 1.13. I say that. I'm not in that no more. I'm not in the world. I'm not under that no more. I'm in, I'm in the uh, kingdom of, been translated into the kingdom of God. I like Ephesians 1.6. I'm accepted in the beloved. I be loved. Now I know we call it beloved. But I be loved is how you say it from Georgia. I be loved by God. I'd be loved by my wife and my family. I'd be loved by Ecclesia. I'd be loved by people all over the place. People that don't even like me love me. I remind myself this. My name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And like Revelation says, you know, it can be removed. But I tell people this. There ain't no way I'm going to do anything to take my name off that list. I like Luke 10. It says, I have power to tread on serpents and scorpions and all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt me. I like Romans 8. I'm more than a conqueror through Yahshua. No matter what I'm going through, I'm more than that. I'll whip your butt. Philippians 4, 13 says, I can do all things through Christ. Psalm 103 is what I said earlier, read earlier. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. I'm hurrying, y'all. I can hear stomachs growling. Who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemed my life from destruction, who crowns me with loving kindness and tender mercy, and who satisfies my mouth with good things, so that my, that my youth is renewed. I just need to get rid of a, a worn-out ticker. I mean, uh, what is that thing called? Valve. All my sins forgiven. All my diseases are healed. My life is preserved and strong in Yahweh. I'm crowned with His mercy. And I confess this. No, I am not afraid. Even though whatever comes against me. And I want to tell you, it all comes here. And it'll come here when there's nothing even here. Your whole life can be wonderful. Anybody know what I'm talking about? But still, you're all jacked up in here. When I go through the valley of shell of death, I'm not going to fear no evil. Thou art with me. He's my God. You're, he's helping me. He's strengthening me. He's upholding me by the right hand of His righteousness. He didn't give me the spirit of peer, fear, but of power, love, Sound mind, I have the spirit of power, I have the spirit of love, and the spirit of sound mind in me. The blood of Yahshua is over me. Yahweh goes before me and his angels, and the same spirit that raised him from the dead is in me. How can I lose? 
But if I don't know that and don't remind myself and train myself and exercise myself, guess what? Because you ain't going to pick up 100 and, I mean, 500 pounds when you first start working out. And faith is like the muscle. One of the reasons I don't believe in exercising up too much is because I'm lazy. <laughs> it is boring. You know what I mean? That's one reason. But the other reason is you work out all this muscles and stuff. And I'm not saying it's wrong. Dick, you can keep your, you can, I know you're big and muscular. But it goes away so fast. That muscle will go away like that. If you don't keep that muscle going like, man, I guarantee you, that thing, you'll be some little skinny thing before long. You know, I mean, you know what I'm talking about? That's true. I wish fat did the same thing. You've got to develop faith. And if you don't keep that faith alive in you every day, daily, 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 then what happens is then you get what I call flabby faith. I love Psalm 34, 7. There's angels encamped around about me. Underneath me, what's there? The everlasting arms of Yahweh. What's following me? Goodness and mercy all the days of my life. I like that all word. And this is what I do. I confess that today is a good day. Why not? Why not just say it? That's a good day. Today's a good day. It's going to be a great day. Have a great day. We say it so hypocritically. People going to where somewhere, they, when you go to a store or somewhere, they say, have a good day. They don't mean that. That's just talk. When I get up in the morning, I mean it. I'm going to have a great day. You know what I do? I declare over myself that I'm blessed today. I'm blessed today. You know what else I do? I declare I'm healed today. I declare I'm filled with God's love today. And I'm probably going to need it with all these idiots out here. <laughs> Guess what? Johnny, you're filled with the joy of the Lord today. And that's your strength. When you have joy, you're strong. When your joy is gone, it's hard to get around. I love it. I say, Johnny, guess what? The Prince of Peace has given you peace. And you've got the peace of Yahweh today. I like to say this. Yahweh has filled me with His wisdom. And I'm going to be filled with wisdom today. I'm filled with the Holy Ghost today. I like this one. All the promises of God are mine today. I've, done, I've jumped on this thing, this today thing, before all that negative stuff can get awake. If you get up and see negative thoughts and all that, they bother you so, at nighttime so long that by the time you get up, they've already fallen asleep. And I get up early, and I beat them to getting to me. You get that, what I just said? And so I start seeing this. Well, God says, every promise in the book is mine, every chapter, every verse, every line. That's what we used to sing, Chuck, didn't we? Chuck, wake up. I want to tell you something else I do every day. I rejoice today that all my family has and those that haven't are coming into the fold of Yahweh. You don't believe me? Just look around. There's enough snail grows in here to have a sitcom. Man, your church is full of oh, just your relatives. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I think that speaks a lot for Yahweh and for me too. I think that speaks, hey, you mean, I, I want my whole household saved. You hear me? I want them getting their well done. And I say it every day. And I won't quit. I say it every day, every day, every day, every day, every day. If you haven't been doing that, maybe that's why. Maybe what, what we need to do, let's figure this out. 
Maybe I need to do this. Maybe I need. Why don't you just begin to speak it over your family? Just look at all these snail groves in here. Holy moly. Snail Grove Life Church. I boldly say these things. They're my confession. I say it in front of God and the angels and Yahshua and my Father. And I say it in front of me and anybody who's passing me with their window down in my car. Because I say it. And I say it loud. I don't believe in this mumbling stuff with God. I don't believe in it. I'm going to tell you what. People say stuff to me now and they got a mask on. I don't know what they're saying. Y'all know what I mean? It's like, I'm like, uh, I don't know. It's difficult. I had a guy tell me the other day, he had to tell me four times. I said, dude, can't you just pull it down so I can read your lips? My confession rises before my great ale based on what he said. I take my word and climb up to his throne and remind him of what, what he said. Yahshua is the high priest of my confession, and he gives me a hand up and pushes me through the window just like Joel did years ago. And what Yahshua makes that, my confession good today. You need to start boldly making this kind of confession day, uh, every day, and this is what you're going to find out. God keeps his word. You have to diligently seek him because that's who he rewards every day, daily. Knock. Seek. Ask. Hey! Remember this? What you need is in your mouth and in your heart. Maybe you're stuck. I get stuck sometimes. Maybe you lost hope. You know, you come to church, you believe the faith, but you haven't developed your faith. I believe, Johnny, all that stuff you t you've been teaching, and, you know, I mean, I, it, was, it was tough, to, but once you proved it in those scriptures, and, oh, man, I, I receive it. It's wonderful. But you receive the faith, and you've been faithful, but you haven't. You're not walking by faith. Well, this is my confession. I think today is your day for change. You can decide it, and nobody can stop you. You can decide what you're going to do or not do. You can choose life or you can choose death. And nobody can stop you from doing it. I can tell you this. When I look around and see what's going on in the world today, and, and it's not really changed. Everybody, it's relevant to everybody where they were in history. But I wasn't in those other places in history. I'm here. And i got to tell you, it's certainly not the time to hold back. It's certainly not the time to wait till the crisis gets so great maybe the doctor can even help. Praise God for doctors. Some, there's a lot of things that I want that doctors can't help me with. Money can't help me with. I think it's time for us to go for it. And I mean go for everything Yahweh has for us. You should go for everything Yahweh has for you. Why not? It's paid for. It's there. Why just get a salad if he's paid for the whole meal? Go to Empanema, man. You, you don't, you don't want to just get the salad. Huh? See, I say some of y'all right now say y'all like, oh, oh, hallelujah. Did you say you're taking us to Empanema? They bring that. They bring those big skewers out, and they start slicing it off to you. Tell me when to stop. Sir, tell me when to stop. <laughs> Sir? And he just takes the whole thing off, put it on your plate. Don't but, it, but see, they, they give you all that bread and those soups and, those, and that cow food, and they want you to fill up. Well, I want a little bit of that, but I want it all. I want it all. Put food on my plate. When I was a kid, I learned to clean my plate. I still do it. All. A-L-L. And he said, he'll heal all my diseases. Huh? All 
I think if you do what I'm telling you today, you're going to experience some uncommon breakthroughs in your life that's really been holding you down. And you're going to begin to see real victories in your life. And, and I think there's going to be promotions that are going to be more than just if, you know, because you, 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 Yahweh just does it. I'm talking about miraculous things and blessings and favor and advancement and joy and peace and prosperity. I just think it's this. I think the time is this. What time is it? It's time to be an overcomer. That's what time it is. It's time to be an overcomer. And I got one question. What the heck are you waiting for? Bye. Now this is what we're going to do.